Well, it's good to be in the Lord's house tonight. And uh, I'd like to thank the Lord, first of all, for saving my soul. On January 11th, 1977, I was led to the Lord by a missionary with a copy of the Word of God. And uh, tonight I'm excited to be a missionary with a copy of the Word of God. Uh, it was my mother that led me to Christ. My parents have been missionaries in Brazil for uh, next year will be 50 years. And I'm thankful for godly heritage. My three brothers are missionaries back in Brazil. And, uh, and my sister works with the deaf up in the end. I'd love to introduce my family to you, but I'm, I'm kind of flying solo. Uh, my wife and I have been married for 27 years. And uh, we have a daughter that has blessed us with two granddaughters. I can show you pictures afterwards. And, uh, and then our son's in a, a junior in Bible college uh, preparing for mission work. And uh, so very thankful to God for his goodness. Uh, who, I, who I am is not very important, but just a couple uh, things by way of background and to thank. Uh, thank you all. I think I, I've slept since then, Pastor Brian, but if my recollection is correct, I think Bob Hall was the first one that contacted me by phone. Uh, I had some questions on the Spanish Bible, and then I came up uh, three years ago. Uh, we're all wearing masks, if you all remember that year. We try to forget that. Amen. But uh, anyways, uh, came up in September of 2020 and uh, met with you folks and uh we were putting together New Testaments for Chichewa, uh, that conference, and that was a blessing. Uh, but then after that, uh, you folks uh, put together, uh, well, a thousand at first, and then I think you did another two. I think you did about three thousand total. Uh, by the way, the, none of those are in our warehouse. They, they are on the mission field uh, in many different countries. Uh, about two thousand of them went to Venezuela, and I don't have time to tell you uh, many stories about that, but uh, we'll, we'll be around afterwards and throughout the week. Uh, and she can share some uh, stories. But so we're looking forward to. Uh, we, we were out for a while, <coughs> and uh, so we're excited. Uh, we just got uh, uh, some more in that we we funded, and we thank you for uh, funding and assembling these. And it's a blessing to be able to be here and uh, and uh, handle the word of God. And uh, I'll I'll get to handle it on the other end. Uh, in some countries, uh, some some places we'll just ship them there. Uh, but in some places, we'll actually go and uh, help uh, ha- help pass them out. We do John and Romans on our trips, uh, and then and then in, with invitations, inviting people to evangelistic services, and we give whole Bibles out to the visitors that come. And uh, so, thank you, uh, Heartland Baptist Fellowship, and, and all of those involved in in assembling uh, those uh, two to three thousand Bibles that are on the mission field already. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, to getting these out to. Uh, many different places. Anyways, let's turn to Second uh, Chronicles thirty four fifteen. And uh, I did uh, uh, listen to Brother Randy's message uh, this mor- from last night, this morning on my way in, and enjoyed that. And uh, I believe the Lord would have us back in Second Chronicles thirty four fifteen tonight. And um, I don't know what your custom is, but I'll invite you to stand uh, as you find your place there, Second Chronicles chapter thirty four and verse number fifteen, and uh, we'll read the the verse. I'll pray, let you be seated, and we'll, we'll jump right into the message and to trust the Lord to speak to our hearts tonight. Second Chronicles chapter 34, verse number 15, the Word of God says, And Hilkiah answered and said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah delivered the book to Shaphan. I'd like to preach tonight on the book. Let's pray. Father, thank you for, so much for this book that we can hold in our hands. And Lord, I pray that you would hide me behind the cross tonight. I pray that you would fill me with your spirit. And I pray that you give us all spirit-filled ears. I pray that uh, uh, the message would be a blessing and an encouragement, uh, Lord, to these who are already involved in, in handling the word of God and helping get it, uh, Lord, to the hands and hungry hearts around the world. I pray that, uh, that you would just, uh, again, uh, have your will and way. 
may you uh, comfort, strengthen, challenge, uh, uh, change, whatever is needed tonight. And uh, bless all, all the work, Lord. I keep, pre- keep the equipment running and uh, give us strength for the labor and the task at hand. And then, Lord, I pray that uh, you'd be with uh, your word as it goes forth. And uh, we pray that uh, souls would be saved. We pray that converts would be able to grow by having uh, their own copy of this precious book, the precious words and the pure words of God. And Lord, we thank you for them and we thank you for it. And we'll be careful to give you the praise and the glory for all that you say and do. For we ask it in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Uh, What what a precious book uh, we hold in our hands. Uh, I'm afraid sometimes... Uh, probably not. I'm probably speaking to the choir tonight, but sometimes we take it for granted, and uh, uh, some people don't understand that uh, you know, in America uh, we have access to the Word of God. You can go to a discount store and pick up a copy of the Word of God for one dollar, and about ninety percent of Americans have a Bible. Obviously, most of them are not reading it or living it, but at least we have access. We are a blessed country, and uh, I know uh, I know there's a lot of problems with our country. But uh, if you travel the world, uh, it'll help you be appreciative uh, for the blessings that we have and the freedoms that we still have and the fact that we have access to the Word of God. Around the rest of the world, only about 25% even have access to the Word of God. And so there's a great need. But let's look, look at our text, and I want to I highlight two, uh, three phrases from, from the uh, text. Uh, first of all, I have found, uh, and then the book of the law and then the house of the Lord. First of all, in that phrase, I have found, I see, I see the seeker. And uh, Brother Randy talked a little bit about that uh, last night. And uh, But I, I want to uh, draw a few things here as we think about I have found and the seeker. Uh, usually when something is found, someone is seeking for it. Uh, now, sometimes people find things by accident, um, and uh, but sometimes we are searching high and low. And uh, and so three things about the seeker uh, in general, not necessarily directly from the text here, but there is a, I believe there's a famine in the world today. And uh, not a famine uh, of physical hunger, though that is certainly the case in many places, but a famine for God's word. In fact, the Bible tells us in Amos uh, chapter 8, In verse 11 and following, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. You know, that's that's really a sad passage, isn't it? And uh, and I I believe that... uh, that in some ways that that there's application for that passage uh, today around the world. Uh, I, I mentioned, you know, the only 25% of the rest of the world even have access to the word, the God, word of God. You probably know that there are uh, thousands of unreached people groups and even languages that don't have uh, not, much, not even a whole Bible, not even a verse of Scripture. They don't even have John 3.16. And so there's a starvation uh, and some people are seeking, uh, whether they realize it or not. There's a song we used to uh, sing in Brazil, and don't worry, I'm not going to sing. I don't want everybody to get up and leave. Uh, but uh, it, it talked about people are seeking for joy, love, joy, and peace. Of course, those are the free, you know, parts of the fruit of the Spirit. And the world is seeking for that, but they're seeking for it in the wrong places, right? And uh, they're seeking for it, you know, in, in all kinds of places. Money, uh, success. 
Uh, some people in my in our area there in Kentucky, are, you know, they're, they they they're trying to find it in in drugs and in all kinds of different things. And uh, but they're never going to find true love, joy, and peace because that's a fruit of the spirit until they find the book, right? Until they find the Lord Jesus Christ and the glorious gospel that we found one day in the book. Uh, I I. Uh, Brother Andy talked about his first Bible. Brother, uh, Brother um, Bob talked about his first Bible. Um, I, I was hearing the words of the Lord when I was still in my mother's womb. All right, I had a drug problem growing up. I was drugged to church, <laughs> and uh, uh, from I mean, from you know, from the day I was born, I was born. I thank thank God for being born in in a, in a, a Christian home, a godly Christian home. Uh, parents that didn't just talk the talk, but walk the walk. And and uh, anyways, uh, I, you know, I, I I was witness to, of course, growing up, and and uh, I, I remember though uh, that day in, in our living room there with the black chairs and the uh, mom was. Uh, homeschooling me, <coughs> uh, but uh, but that day uh, she would taught me more more than math or English or whatever the case may be. But for some reason we came back to the gospel. It wasn't my first time hearing it for sure. But that day the Holy Spirit of God brought conviction to my heart, and I realized that it didn't matter that I had never you know uh, robbed a bank or killed anybody. I still haven't. Don't worry. And uh, but but uh, but I realized that I was a sinner and on my way to hell. And uh, and uh, I I sought the Lord and what well, really he 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 was seeking for me. Amen. And uh, but I, I was found. I once was lost, but now I'm found. And I found the book. And there but there are millions, yea, billions who are starving. All right, they're seekers, whether they realize it or not. Uh, they need to find the book. They need to find the good news, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so there's a starvation uh, around the world by by lost people who have no scripture. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, uh, the devil, of course, hates the word of God and he's trying to destroy it. Uh, In some uh, languages, there is no scripture. In other languages, there are scriptures, but uh, there are what I call perversions. And uh, and Satan is behind that when you have a, a language with multiple copies, you know, multiple versions. I, I, I tell you, God is not behind that because God is not the author of confusion. There's one book. Amen. Now, there ought to be one book in any given language, but uh, but we don't need another perversion in English. All right. They already got about 200. They're not all in print right now, but there's been about 200. And I believe that the King James Bible is, uh, well, I don't even call it a version. It's the Bible. It's the King James Bible. And then all others, I believe, are perversions. Now, some are worse than others, but... Anyways, but the devil is behind that. And even uh, some things that sound good to people, and I don't have time to get into all this, but uh, Bible, the United Bible Societies, for example, that might, may, maybe sounds good, but they're a group of modernist people. And by the way, you know why all the, you know what one, uh, most modern Bibles have in common? Copyright. That's exactly right. Money is behind it. Okay. And, um, and uh, there's a lot of places where they will take a, a good received text based Bible and they'll take it out of publication and they'll replace it with critical text Bibles. And, uh, and so there's a starvation. They're people, they're, they're running to and fro. And some of them are going, literally going into quote unquote Christian bookstores and, and they still can't find the pure words of God. And, uh, well, one reason is because it's the church's responsibility. I'm getting ahead of myself. But there's a starvation around the world for the Word of God. And, uh, may we not be, uh, may we not be guilty of starving when we have it available. 
I think I think uh, that was mentioned also last night. I like to call the Bible and the prayer uh, the rice and beans of the Christian life. You say rice and beans. Well, I grew up in Brazil and they eat rice and beans every day. And uh, it's good rice and beans, though. I, I, didn't, I never did get tired of them. And uh, the point there is Bible, the word of God and, and prayer ought to be a part of our daily life. Right. Not something that we. Uh, oh, where did I leave my Bible last Sunday? Um, no, we, we ought to not. There's no reason for us to starve. Amen. We've got the food. Amen. The supper, the, the, the table's been prepared. And uh, most of us probably own more than one copy. Right. Of the world. I'm not against that. I have multiple copies. Uh, I actually carry two copies <laughs> bound in one book here, a bilingual Bible. But uh, we are so blessed. And so there's a starvation around the world. Second of all, uh, when we talk about I have found and the seeker. I want us to think about, uh, even with believers, there's a supplication uh, for the pure words of God. In the Bible, we find it in Job. Job is in the middle of the Bible, but it's one of the first books actually penned. Uh, Job, in chapter 31, verses 35 and 36, says, Oh, that one would hear me. Behold, my desire is that the Almighty would answer me. And that mine adversary, he's, he's actually talking about God there, uh, had written a book. Job desired, folks, Job didn't have Romans 8.28. Job didn't have, you know, the I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Job didn't have the promises that we have. He, he had hardly any scripture. And he desired a book, he said. Oh, oh uh, uh, that I had written a book, he said. And then he says, surely I would take it upon my shoulder and bind it as a crown to me. He was saying, if I had a book, it would be precious. And we have the book, but... How precious is it to us? And so Job made a, made a supplication uh, for the book, for the word. And uh, then if, and then you fast forward to the New Testament. There was a lot more scripture available. Uh, it still wasn't all, wasn't all penned. But uh, the great apostle Paul in 2 Timothy 4.13 uh, wrote the cloak, of course, by way of inspiration. Uh, they're God's words through Paul. The cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee. And the books, but especially the parchments. What's that? That's the Word of God. That's the book. Now, he, he, he didn't have, you know, a nice leather-bound, uh, you know, copy of, of the Word of God. But uh, he was talking about scriptures. And uh, the book that Job wanted, uh, uh, Paul wanted the, the portions that he didn't have with him. He was like Brother Randy. You know, he left his Bible back. He left his parchments back in the office. And uh, I'm joking there with Brother Randy. I've left my Bible sometimes. I'm, Where did I get my Bible? And uh, anyways, I'd give my kids a really hard time sometimes when, when they didn't have their Bible with them. I'd, I'd be like... Come on, guys, we're trying to talk to people about getting Bibles around the world and you don't have your Bible with you. And uh, anyways, but uh, but uh, but Paul wanted the parchments. And uh, do we have a hunger and a thirst for the word of God? And uh, again, we have we have it available to us. But are we do we have that still that still that hunger and that thirst? The Bible talks about desire, the sincere milk. Of course, that's for babes, right? I don't know how long you've been saved, but uh, if you're if you're a new convert, milk is good for you. But most of us have probably been saved for a while. We, we ought to be on the meat, right? We ought to be getting into that word and learning and growing. And so, supplication, uh, a desire, a craving, and and seeking for the word of the Lord. We have it available, but again, uh, there are some things that are pretty. You know, the gospel, for example, it, that's pretty, uh, pretty easy. But there are some things that you have to seek. Are you with me? That you gotta dig deep and, and, uh, and get some truth for your life. Uh, not, the Bible is not just, um, 
a fire insurance policy to keep you out of hell. All right, someone said the B-I-B-L-E, it's basic instructions before leaving earth. But again, it's not just a roadmap to heaven. It's how to have, live a victorious and an abundant life here and now Amen. through the word of God and the spirit of God. And so we see the starvation of the seeker around the world, lost people, uh, some people that don't have access to the word of God. And then we, we see uh, supplication from God's people. There ought to be a hunger and a thirst and a desire uh, for the word of God. And then third of all, uh, thinking about the seeker, I have found uh, uh, their satisfaction. Amen. Their satisfaction. And, and I won't uh, spend much time here. Brother Randy also, I think... Um, uh, looked at part of this passage anyways, but Romans 10, 13, we, uh, we like to quote that one, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But, uh, but we can't take that out of context, and, and it's important for us to look at the whole context. I mean, it goes on and it says, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Now, there's some t-shirts uh, I've seen, I'm a whosoever, I'm a whosoever, amen? Whosoever shall call upon them, you can put your name there. But the point of the the, the, the passage goes on and it's, it's saying, how are they going to call on him, right, if they if they don't know about him? If they ha- don't have the book, right? If they haven't heard the glorious gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And, uh, and, and thus, you know, most of, most of the, the scriptures that we ship, they're going to preachers, right? They're going to missionaries, national pastors around the world that will then, uh, do the work of evangelization with John and Romans and gospel tracts and then the Bibles for, you know, for converts to grow because we believe in the whole commission, not just in winning them. I'm all for soul winning. I'm for evangelization. But folks, we're commanded to teach them all things, right? And uh, I believe that you can get saved through a gospel track, but uh, but God wants you to have his whole word. Amen. And so uh, how then shall they hear without a preacher and how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. By the way, I don't know about you, but I don't like feet. They stink. They're ugly. But our feet can be beautiful in the eyes of God when we are taking the glorious gospel of peace. Amen. Ever thought about that? My feet. Hey, when I go on my mission trips and, and when I'm being obedient, I, I'm not telling I'm always obedient, but when I'm being obedient and I'm, and I'm trying to, you know, make sure I've got those gospel tracks with me and, I, and I'm carrying the gospel and not just, you know, carrying it, but I'm holding forth, right? Holding forth the word of life. My feet are beautiful to God. All right. Well, a couple of you are excited about that, but, um, I, hey, it, that's exciting to me. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Folks, there's plenty of bad news, right? I don't watch, I don't watch news, man. If you want to get depressed, turn the news on. <laughs> good grief, man. There's enough bad news. Uh, I, I, there's one track. It says good news. Here's some good news for you. And, uh, uh, folks, people need good news. And there's no gooder. So pardon the grammar. No gooder news than the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, uh, and but it goes on. But they shall, uh, have not all obeyed the gospel. And that is true. How, by the way, how can they obey the gospel if they don't hear it? That's part of the point of the passage. And they're ha- they say that right now the statistics, we you, you probably know, you know, we just passed 8 billion people on planet Earth. And about half, um, about four billion people have never even heard the gospel. How can they obey the gospel if they haven't even heard it? 
Well, that's another message for another day. But uh, there's satisfaction in the Word of God. And then it goes on and says, we know the verse, so then faith cometh by hearing, help me out, and hearing by the Word of God. And uh, that's what happened on that day, on January 11, 1977, when the Spirit of God took the Word of God and uh, and He saved my wretched soul. And now I get to go to heaven. Why? Because I found the book. Amen? I found the book. And I'm thankful, folks. I didn't have to look hard and long for it. But there are millions and billions of people, like I said, they, they've never even seen a gospel track. And oh, God's burden, God's desire, God's purpose and plan is that none should come, uh, none should uh, perish, but that all should come to repentance. And faith, of course, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, and, uh, and their satisfaction. You know, there's a lot of people that are not satisfied, even though, even people that have heard, uh, part of the gospel, uh, maybe whether they've heard a clear presentation or not is beside the point, but I, I minister in Spanish speaking countries, for example, in Brazil, there's a lot of Catholicism. And, uh, you know, my, my, my Catholic friends, they're my, my, not my enemies. I don't, I love Catholics, but I, I'll be honest with you, I hate Catholicism. I hate false doctrine. Okay? And, uh, but, uh, but a lot of them, they believe in here that Jesus died on the cross. I mean, some of them actually, you know, have their Jesus on their cross. I'm like, he's not on the cross. He died, but he, he rose again. And the point here is that it's not enough to know that Jesus died on the cross. They have to understand what he accomplished. And, and you don't add Jesus to your salvation plan. He is the salvation plan. And, uh, but they will not know that or believe that until they are confronted with the truth of the Word of God. So that the Spirit of God can convict them of their sin and they can find satisfaction in Christ. See, they think, oh, thank you, Jesus, for dying. They don't really think this, but without realizing it, it's kind of like, thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross, you know, slap on the face, but it's not, I have to, I have to do my part, you know. They say that all the time to me. Tengo que hacerle mi parte. I gotta do, you know, my part. I gotta do my good works. I gotta be baptized. I gotta do this, that, and the other. Folks, we ought to do good works after salvation, but I don't do good works to get there. I'm, I do them because I'm on my way. I, I am, I was satisfied. Hey, if God was satisfied with the finished work of Calvary, why aren't we? And have to, uh, you know, millions of people, religious people, they have not found satisfaction in Christ. They're trying to, they're trying to appease God when Christ already satisfied the wrath of God. Oh, and His blood that was shed, He He paid our sin debt in full. What a blessing! And so, the seeker, I have found, uh, there's a starvation around the world that we we need to be aware of. And 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 by the way, not just around the world, but uh, you know, it might be across the street. And there, there are people, you know, at the Walmart that still need to find the book. All right, whether they have one in their hand, in, at their, in their home or not, they need to find the book. They need to hear the truth of the Word of God and be saved. And uh, we, as believers, we ought to have a, a supplication, if you will, a hunger, a thirst, a desire to continue to feed upon. The word that we do have available to us. And by the way, you don't need to change it. Amen. You don't need to add to it, subtract from it, or change it. You've got the perfect word of God. And what a blessing that is. Um, but it's not us for no more. You know, sometimes we get that, you know, uh, us for no more uh, syndrome. No, the word of God is for the world. And we'll get to that here. So let's move on. 
We see the seeker. I have found the starvation, supplication, and satisfaction. I hope you're satisfied in Christ today. And, uh, and I'm not talking about, you know, we're, we ought to continue to, to desire to grow. But the point is, satisfaction is not in anything this world can offer. Satisfaction is in God and His Word and His will uh, in Christ Jesus. All right, so number two, let's consider the Scripture. It says, I have found. What do you find? What do they, what do they find? The book of the law. All right, the book of the law. And, and you've already heard what that is. Uh, and, and, of course... It was the the first part part of the Old Testament, and they didn't have the New Testament there. But uh, but we do, Amen. We have the full book, <laughs> praise God. We have the the book. We have found the book of the law, and so let's consider the scripture, uh, the scripture, the book of the law, and of course what we have the full scripture. Uh, let's notice a couple things. First of all, the source, uh, the source for the scripture. <coughs> Uh, there's about 40 men, you, you know this, this is nothing new, but about 40 men wrote uh, the books of the Bible. I, I personally don't, I, I don't use author, okay? They are not the authors. God is the author, all right? Uh, we, we read that, people say, oh, but they're personalities. You don't think God knew their personalities? I, I believe, I, I'm not going to get off another, I'm, I'm pretty sure, based on my conversation here three years ago with Pastor Brian, we're on the same page, but uh, I believe in, in the inspiration, the verbal, plenary, infallible, uh, inerrant, uh, inspiration of the Word of God. And, and, uh, and then the preservation of the Word of God. But the source is the Creator God. Second Timothy tells us that all Scripture, not just John 3.16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And uh, praise God, I have the words of God, not not just His opinion or 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 His thoughts, you know that God, that man can take liberty with and paraphrase. No, I have the very word of God right here, the words of God, not just the word, um, but the words, the very words of God. He is the source, uh, the Creator, God of the universe, and we know that we have a triune God, not only the Creator God, God the Father, but uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. He he was born 2,000 years ago, but he already existed. Amen. He is the eternal one. He's not just the Son of God. He's God the Son. And uh, some people contact me about a red letter edition. And we do have a couple red letter edition Spanish Bibles now. But uh, um, I, I'm not against them. Uh, but I, I kind of think the whole Bible could be red letter. Now, again, I don't have a problem. It's, it's, I guess it's a nice feature to, you know, just kind of highlight the words of Christ when he was here on planet Earth. But my point is, he's the author, right? Uh, Jesus Christ. Um, and, of course, the Holy Spirit of God. Who He's not just some mystic force out there. He's a person. He's the third person of the Trinity. And so the Creator, the Christ, and the Comforter, it, they, 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 He, is the source, amen, of this book. It's not just some book. It's not just a religious book, by the way. The Mormons have a religious book. It's called the Book of Mormon. And, uh, but they got it by inspiration too, but from the, from the wrong source. Are you with me? Okay. From false angels. Um, and same, same with the, uh, the, uh, the Quran, by the way. All right. Muhammad. Yeah, I'm sure he had a vision, but it wasn't a vision from Almighty God. Right? So they have religious books, but, but this is the only book that claims to be the very Word of God. And by the way, it stood the test. 
Amen. If you, I mean, you, you can study history. All we need really is the word of God. It's a faith position, but um, but history. And, you know, the, anyways, true science is, is it doesn't go against the word of God. Uh, the Bible has corrected science through the through the years. And I believe in a, in a, in a literal creation, alright? And anyways, let's not get into all that, but, but folks, the source, I'm glad that I have, again, not Joseph Smith's words, not Muhammad's words, not Charles Taz Russell's, you know, corrupt Bible's words, uh, the, the false Jehovah Witness, uh, uh, founder there, uh, but we have the words of God. Amen. Years ago, on a trip to Brazil, uh, on the way back, I was seated next to a, a university professor from Hesifia, a pretty well-known city in the northeast uh, of Brazil. And uh, like most Brazilians, she was Catholic. And uh, But she was what I call captive audience, Pastor Brian. She had the window seat and I was in the middle seat. And this was before everybody's wearing, you know, earbuds and all that. And uh, so she was captive audience on her eight-hour flight. And um, I was able to share the gospel with her. And she trusted Christ as her Savior. And I'll never remember, or I'll never forget, rather, um, the words that she said to me as we were deep, uh, deep planning the boarding there in Atlanta. Um, she said to me in Portuguese, of course, she said, thank you for those words. And I'll, I always think about that. I'm glad they weren't my words. Amen. And by the way, if I remember right, I didn't have my, my Portuguese New Testament with me. I don't think I had my Portuguese Bible with me handy at the time. But you know what I did have? I had the sweet Holy Spirit that reminded me of those verses that I had memorized growing up in Brazil uh, to be able to be a witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit reminded me of those those verses. And I was able to share with her, not my opinion, uh, not thus saith Alan Johnson, but thus saith the Lord. Jesus saith unto him, right, unto her, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man or no woman, no university professor, no Catholic cometh into the Father but by me. And so I'm glad that I had the words of God to share with her. The source of the book. Let's never forget that. But then, the sufficiency. The sufficiency. I, I uh, again, I, I don't, I don't just believe in the, the inspiration, preservation, and we, 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 uh, we, we kind of make a big deal about it, to be honest with you. Uh, we only distribute the King James Bible in English, uh, but but I go beyond that because I I, I know Spanish and Portuguese, and uh, unfortunately, a lot of people don't seem to even people that claim to be you know have a King James position, they seem to have a double standard or not care when it comes to other languages. But I care. I, I think God wants the Spanish-speaking people to have pure words too, and uh, and so uh, we we don't settle for tradition. Um, we want truth above tradition. We, we, we don't settle for popularity. Alright, most people in the Spanish speaking world, even amongst Baptists, um, they use, uh, Reina Valera 1960, which is like the RSV. Now, that's not the purpose of my message tonight, uh, um, to, to teach or talk about that at length. But, um, but the reason why I think it's important to have the pure words of God is, uh, well, that verse that talks to us about inspiration says that it's what? That it's profitable for 
Doctrine. People today say doctrine doesn't matter. Let's just all get along, you know, hold hands and sing kumbaya. Well, I'm sorry, my dear friend, but doctrine does matter. Doctrine is the difference between heaven and hell. Heaven and hell. And, uh, and so, uh, yes, I can, I can lead a Catholic to Christ with his Catholic Bible because it still contains truth, but I don't want to leave him with it, right? I want him to grow. And so I want to give him a pure Bible. Are you with me? And so, so um, our ministry takes a strong stand on that. And we appreciate uh, your ministry partnering with us over these last three years and, uh, and, and, and helping us uh, because we need more sources uh, uh, for the scriptures, the pure words of God, in this case in Spanish. And, uh, and, but they're sufficient, you see. The Bible is, the words of God are perfect. Psalm 19, 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. God is perfect, is He not? Well, he's, he's holy, right? He's perfect. Well, so is His Word. I mean, duh, right? And uh, by the way, something that's perfect doesn't need to be changed. Amen? And uh, so, I believe in the sufficiency of Scripture. They're perfect. Number two, they're preserved. The words of the Lord are pure words. Um... I like that in Spanish. I'm gonna, I'm a, maybe you've noticed already, I like to alliterate. And it's palabras puras. They both start with P. Pure words. Palabras is words and puras is pure. And, uh, but they're pure words. As silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. And forever is? Forever. Amen. I have them today, I believe, in my King James Bible. I don't speak Hebrew and Greek. I'm not against Hebrew and Greek. That's where they came from. But uh, but I believe that God's Word has been perfectly preserved in the King James Bible. And I believe that the Valera 1602 Purificada actually means purified. And if you have questions about that, I could talk to you for a long time. Anyways, but uh, we desire the pure words of God. And when we ship scriptures, we, I, I don't speak, you know, I don't speak but the three languages. So when it's another language, uh, you know, you got to trust somebody. But we try to make sure that we are shipping the purest scripture in any given language. Because Why? Because I believe in the sufficiency of God's perfect, preserved words. But you know what? They're not just perfect. They're not just preserved. They're powerful. Amen? They're not preserved like a mummy, okay? They preserve the life that was given by inspiration. Part of inspiration is is life. God breathed those words. And he gave them by what, what I call, well, not, I, it's what's called mechanical dictation. They, again, they weren't authors. They were just, they were secretaries, okay? Writing down every word as God told them. Think about it. Moses said, Moses wrote that he was the meekest man on earth. Were those Moses' words? I mean, think about that. That that would be like me saying, Hey, guys, I got two, two books on my table back there. One is humility and how I attained it. <laughs> the second one is my sequel, The Ten Most Humble Men in the World and How I Trained the Other Nine. <laughs> I, I don't think that I'd have any takers, would I, Pastor Ryan? Right? So, I, mean, I, I think Moses kind of blushed when he wrote those words. The point is, they're God's words. He was just writing them down. And uh, and we have them today. 
perfect, preserved, and powerful words. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is quick and powerful. Again, it's not just preserved like a mummy. It's, it's It has life preserved in it. It's alive. Yes, they're ancient words, but they're alive and well today. They're not, you know, people are, well, are, is it relevant? Yes, it's relevant for today. Amen. Uh, it transcends time. And uh, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the, uh, of, the, um, of the joints and marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Folks, by the way, this word is as powerful as it was when Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. Alright? By the way, we have more of it than when Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. Okay? And by the way, there's a lot of people that they're always wanting to talk about experiences. You know, well, my, my, you know, Paul, Peter had one of the greatest experiences anybody ever had. He went, I mean, he was up on the Mount of Transfiguration. Now he blew it like he did so many times, right? He's stuck, he's sticking his foot in his mouth. But anyways, he was there. He experienced it. But what does he say later? He said, I have a more sure word of prophecy. He was saying that this is the authority, not my experiences. Are you with me? Uh, we can, we can, we can experience God and we can have experiences in the Christian life, but when people start putting their experiences above the Word of God, you've got a problem, my friend. Alright? And, uh, and that's, and that's one way people go off into, into bad doctrine. Because they put their experience and their feelings above the authority of the Word of God. But the last I checked, one of the Baptist distinctives was still the sole authority of Scriptures for our faith and practice. Okay. Amen? Alright, my my authority is not my traditions. My authority is not my daddy. I love my daddy. Uh, My authority is not... Now, the pastor has pastoral authority, but if my pastor teaches or preaches something contrary to this book, I'm going to stick with the book. Are you with me? And so, why? Because, well, it's, it's powerful. It's still powerful. Well, uh, I should have brought some of the booklets with me. Uh, I don't, have any of you read the book, <coughs> Greasy the Robber? I should have brought some of those. Um, anyways, uh, Greasy the Robber. It's a story about Pasha. Pasha is Russian for Paul. Pasha was a Russian lad. Uh, he was about eight years old when his parents, uh, they were walking to Siberia looking for work. The parents well, died in, in that journey, and Pasha and his sister ended up in two orphanages, two different orphanages. Uh, it was in a very pleasant place, and, and Pasha actually ran away from the orphanage, and he ended up living with a band of thieves in the in the forest there, and um, from the time he was uh, eight or so. So he grew up amongst them from that point on, and when he was about 21 years old, he had become a leader amongst them. And one day, he and another uh, one of one of his band there, uh, they assaulted a man that was traveling by horse. They assaulted him. They killed him. And amongst the loot was a New Testament. And Pasha began to read that New Testament. He got to Romans and it didn't take him long to realize that he was a sinner and that the penalty of sin is death. And, and then he read about Christ and what Christ did for him. And by reading that New Testament, he trusted Christ as his Savior. A couple of weeks went by and the other... The other thieves um, start to say, Pasha, what's going on with you? By the way, when something as big as God moves in, he's probably going to show up. All right? That's what a little girl said. If something as big as God you know, moves in, he's, he's bound to show up. Amen? Folks, uh, we are a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. And, uh, and so 
uh, he, well, he, he didn't, he didn't go, he didn't go to Bible college. He didn't have anybody to disciple him. I'm not against those things, my, my friends. We ought to disciple people, right? And, uh, anyways, uh, so, well, he just started reading the New Testament to them. <laughs> And then a bunch of them got saved. Some of them literally went into the constable and said, we're turning ourselves in. <laughs> the constable's like, what do I do with y'all? Well, well this is what we did. We killed. We, we, we robbed. And, <laughs> okay, well, I'll take you to jail then. And um, Pasha and, uh, and his friend, uh, they ended up at, through years getting get moved from one jail to another. But they left behind a trail of jailers and, and, and jailmates that trusted Christ because of their witness and testimony. And uh, I'm not going to take, in fact, I don't have the quote with me and no, I'm not going to take the time, but he wrote something in the, <coughs> in the flyleaf of that New Testament. It was basically a, a, like a letter to the man that he had killed and basically, you know, saying, I'm sorry I killed you, but God used, you know, this, the word of God to, to change my life and it's still flowing through me and, and we ought to have that testimony. Not, uh, yeah, it's one thing to have it. It's one thing to come and sit and hear and soak it in. But then what are we doing with it? Brother Randy talked about that. We're, we're to, we're to pass it on. Amen. We're to soak it up, but then let's get squeezed out. Right? Let's share the good news that we have. Let's share what we know, the gospel, and then, and then help disciple people and, and then get the word of God to those that don't have it. Why? Because it's still powerful. It still changes lives. And so, the scripture, the source and the sufficiency and, um, well, I think what we'll do is, uh, preach the third part on Sunday. I was not sure how this was going to go anyways, and uh, I think we'll, let's, let's just review that, and then we'll, we'll preach the rest on Sunday. Um, so, we saw the, the seeker. There's a starvation, uh, folks, around the world. And uh, I'll go ahead and, and, uh, and give an, illustri- uh, an illustration. I think it'll be a blessing to you. I mentioned that 2,000 of those Bibles that you had produced over the last couple of years uh, ended up in Venezuela. And... Uh, and so I'll, I'll take a few minutes and give you that story, and we'll, we'll wrap things up here. Um, it's kind of neat because um, my my father has been in Brazil for many many years, and one of the things he's done, he started institutes, and he's trained nationals that are uh, missionaries now in in Portugal, church planters throughout Brazil. Well, there's one in particular, Brother Aguinaldo. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, he went to Venezuela as a church planner, and uh, he, he'd been there for a while, and and uh, he had started three churches. And then another missionary kid, uh, we were kind of grew up together in, in Brazil. There, he's also like my brothers, went back to Brazil as a missionary. And the long story short, he knew a little bit um, uh, about the Spanish Bible issue, and so he contacted me and said, "Hey, can you send me a box of Bibles?" And I didn't, uh, I don't remember what all he told me about it, but I said, well, sure. I sent a box of Spanish Bibles to Brazil, and then Brother Jeremy Tyler, missionary in Brazil, uh, sent that box of Bibles to the missionary in Venezuela that they, that he was friends with and supported, and uh, that my dad had trained in the Bible Institute. So this was, this was like, like awesome stuff, right? Awesome sauce, my daughter likes to say. And, um, and so, so then later, Brother Aguinaldo contacts me. And and uh, and so uh, he, I had sent him some information on the Bible, and uh, and he said, "Yeah, we we want to change. We, we we need we need these Bibles." And so uh, so <coughs> we shipped the pallet. We actually did some customized John and Romans for the three churches that he had started. That was the first shipment. It had uh, some of those Bibles that y'all put together, and it had John and Romans. Probably had some tracts in there and, and New Testaments as well. 
And so we shipped that. Well, some time went by, and uh, he contacts me, and he said, Brother, I've got other pastors that are seeing this, and they're they're asking about it. And uh, and so the next shipment, um, we we prepared stuff for... Uh, uh, well, first of all, I contacted uh, these pastors, um, because here's the thing. So we, we, we have limited resources, right? I mean, I praise God for the 3,000 Bibles that were supplied, but we don't just send them anywhere and anywhere, uh, everywhere and anywhere, because some people, they don't care what they get. If, if it's free, they're just passing out, but they don't even use it. And so we want to help people that actually want the pure words of God. Okay, so so basically I communicated with them. I sent them some information and um, and all uh, uh, basically 12 other national pastors in Venezuela uh, said, said they read the information. Not all at the same time, of course, but they all got back with me and said, said, yes, makes sense. Right. I mean, facts are facts anyways. Uh, and so they all wanted to change. And so we supplied uh, 15 churches, 15 other churches with, uh, John and Roman, the whole, you know, we sent another two pallets, I think it was, with some of those Bibles and New Testaments and John and Romans and, and gospel tracts. And then, and, and then the list kept growing. So I think we've supplied, uh, about 18 different, well, 17, about 17 national pastors and the one Brazilian missionary in Venezuela with Bibles. And then what, what I thought, Pastor Brian, that we were doing was helping them switch from a corrupt you know, from all that they had available, the 1960 to the 1602, uh, pure pure words of God. But then I talked to one of those pastors after the fact, and I realized that we were doing more than that. We were helping the pastors switch their Bibles, but we were providing a lot of their church members with their first book, their first Bible. He told me, he said, he said, no, brother, you're, you're not really replacing their Bibles. He said. The, 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 the only Bibles that we have available in our country are, are the 1960. They get imported in from Colombia and they cost an arm and a leg. And I don't know if you know, but people in Venezuela aren't making very much money. Okay. Our, my missionary friend, sometimes he's in line and, and, uh, for, to get gas for, you know, for, for an hour. Sometimes they run out of gas waiting for gas. Anyways, it's not a good place and, uh, to be financially speaking. But, uh, but so that was a blessing. Now we've got these churches that uh, not only have the pastors, uh, you know, switched over, but now their church members have Bibles. Isn't that a blessing? Can I get an amen? Y'all don't amen much around here, do you? Folks, you guys, some of you handled those Bibles over the last couple of years when, 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 when they were put together here. Um, uh, 2,000 of those Bibles. I don't know how many of them were assembled here, but... Uh, um, a good portion of those were. And you've got believers now in Venezuela that have not only a Bible, in some cases their first Bible, and they have the pure words of God. What a blessing that you were able to help provide the word of God uh, for those starving. All right, they, they were part of the supplication group. Believers, they had already trusted Christ as their Savior, but they had no, they had no book. Uh, and, uh, folks, I could go on and on, um, but, uh, we are so blessed. We, um, and so let's think about the seeker again real quick. There's people starving around the world seeking, uh, for the word of God, whether they realize it or not, they need to find it. And in some cases, they're never going to find it unless we supply it. And, uh, and then there's supplication. Are, are you, do you make supplication? Do you, in other words, do you seek 
you know, for your, for your Bible, not just to find it, to take it to church, but do you find it on a daily basis? And do you hear from God? It's not just a checklist. Okay, I read my three chapters to get through the Bible this year. I'm not against reading through the Bible in a year. I've done that for years and used different plans. But folks, it's not just a checklist. It's, it's a, it's, it is duty, but folks, devotion is about love, right? And we don't, anyways, we say do devotions, but folks, let's have devotion for the one who loved us enough to die for us and to write us a love letter. And we ought to be, oh, I want to read those words again. When my wife used to, you know, when she would write me love letters, um, man, I'd read every word. I'd read them over and over again. I'd read, I'd, I'd want to read between the lines. You know what I mean? And uh, folks, this is a love letter. When's the last time that we, and ho- hopefully it wasn't long ago, and hopefully we are getting into it every day because there is satisfaction in Christ alone and in His Word. There is satisfaction. And um, and in the scripture, let's be thankful as we remember the source, all right? We're not just working on a, getting a religious book. We're not just trying to propagate and promote Pastor Brian's opinions, all right? My opinion is worth, pro- you know, maybe the same penny that your opinion is worth, okay? But the Bible is the Word of God. It's authoritative. And it's from the Creator, the Christ and the Comforter. It is perfect. It is preserved. And it is powerful. Father, please add your blessing to the preaching of your word. Have your will and way. Thank you for these that have come uh, 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 today and, and this week, Lord, to, to handle your precious words. Uh, may we, Lord, as a result of, of this week, as we uh, not only handle your word, but Lord, may, may we love your word more. May we have a desire to learn it more, to love it, to learn it, and then, Lord, to live it. And if we live it, We're going to be getting it available to those who do not yet have it. And we'll give you the praise and the glory for it all, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good word? Amen. Go to sleep. No, that was a good word. So uh, we have the we have the word we have the source and it is sufficient for those that are starving and are seeking the Lord. So uh, you know what it's raining outside. So God, yeah. So you got to stay in and build Bibles. So hallelujah. So uh, thank you, Alan. You really charge us up and encourage us in uh, in what we really have. And, and of course, in our in our most of us here are English speakers, we have the certainty of the words of truth in our Bible. We have a faith based position. We're thankful for that. And uh, and our brother Alan is is so. Uh, excited about this Bible translation that uh, is also pure and uh, and focused on the pure words of God. And so um, we're thankful for what God is doing through that process, that purification process. So uh, tonight, I want to hand it off to Pastor Randy. Um, why don't I have you stand up for just a moment, stretch out, put your right foot in. No, don't do that. Just kind of give you give you a little stretch. Pastor Randy's going to come and give a few things, uh, going to give an update on where we're at and where we're going, and uh, get us ready to launch. So this is just kind of like your warm ups, uh, because we're here to finish the work that God has given us to do, uh, because we've got a great work to do. So uh, come on up, Randy, and I'm going to hand it off to Randy as he updates us and, and gets us instructions on our next steps. Oh, praise the Lord! What a powerful message that was. Thank you for that. Um, I don't know what the count is. I think, Bob, you told me it was 675. All right. So we have 675 Bibles in the box. So we're, uh, yeah, that's really good. Uh, we still got a lot of work that we got to get done, though. So um, 
Just let me just kind of, just as a reminder. So we started in the lobby. Uh, we're, we're collating. And uh, so we need people in the lobby to collate because, you know, you can find a lot of Bibles in the, in the, in the, in the lobby. So go look for them. Uh, so collate them. Then over here, I'm not sure which rooms, but the next thing is, is, is they got to be, uh, 